welcome to Don't Worry, You're Enough podcast. I'm Diane Roberts. And I'm Michaela Bennett. Hi, friends. Hi. Happy Wednesday, or whatever day you're listening to this. I would really love it if you listened to it the minute it came out, like Michaela's father-in-law. Hi, Dad. <laughs> love you. He is probably, he not it probably. Scratch probably. He is our number one podcast what's, fan. What's your dad, um, your father-in-law's name? Jeff. Jeff. Okay, so Jeff, you have some competition because my mother-in-law is <laughs> a, is going to have you beat uh, Evelyn. Ev is her name. She is my number one fan, and you are Michaela's. So the in-laws are, are in for the win, The I in-laws. Guess. Isn't that because awesome? She Can I just say how cool it is? Liked and followed everything. Yeah, especially on social media. Go Ev, we love you. It is so special to me. Number one, that we're doing a podcast. My father-in-law knows about it, and he cares enough to listen. Like that means. I love that. He's probably blushing right now, as he should be. Yeah, wow. it it means so much. Like coming into the family, knowing that like I'm already supported doing the things that I'm I'm doing. So it's. It's amazing. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I know I say that a lot. I love that. <laughs> but I do. I do love that. It's true. What's not it's to love? It's true. So <clears throat> we were trying to, sorry, I didn't mean to cough into this microphone, but we were trying to think of, of different <laughs> topics and we are still recording from afar. So if you do hear us kind of talking over each other or whatnot, we're try- trying to do the best we can in a virtual environment. But one of the topics that I wanted to talk about or had come up actually a couple times. So one of the things I've been trying to for myself, and I know that this isn't a a religious podcast, but we do talk about things that come up to come up for us personally. And it's kind of hard to be a Christian and not talk about God. So that's uh, and, and this isn't necessarily that. But what I was trying to say is, is. We try to, what I've been trying to practice more is hearing the voice of God, like hearing it amongst all of the chatter in my brain and being able to recognize it and pinpoint it. And there are a lot of instances where coincidences, the word coincidence or the, the, the idea of coincidence can happen. In the last episode, you said, well, we had to be there because uh, the message that I heard was very dedicated to what was going on in my brain and what I felt and thought, and it was very touching. So it was like, I felt like I had to be there. Well, that was a very purposeful intent, you know, that uh, however you, some people call it like divine intervention or coincidence or whatnot. So this had come up a couple times for me in a couple different ways. And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, like one of those things like, okay, got it. Got the message. Very clear, you know, kind of thing. So I think I've gotten pretty good at learning for me that voice, that that inner voice, the uh, Holy Spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. And one of the things was... Um, what doors has God closed? And it doesn't have to be God, but what doors have closed in your life? And what have you grieved? And what have you let go willingly? So what I imagined that as, 
I guess I can set the stage is we all have chapters in our life. Some, you know, a lot of people say the word seasons. We all have doors that close, opportunities that close. We've talked about opportunities before. We've talked about seasons. We've we've had that conversation before. But I, this had come up actually quite a few times. In like I said, that that voice. <clears throat> what is it? Still strong voice. Still small voice. Yeah. Still small voice, mm-hmm. and of opportunities when I think of doors closing I think of opportunities that have closed but like what but from a like what have I let go and what has been really difficult for me and I I don't know that there's been a lot I maybe in the moment I know you have talked about grieving like theater things or like auditions and things like that but I I was thinking more Mm -hmm. I was thinking bigger Mm. I was thinking like directionally this isn't really if I think about my job now this isn't what I wanted to do (laughs) you know like the job that I'm in like this isn't what I wanted to do I wanted to be a record producer and like a music you know I wanted to be in music and do all that that's not where I'm at but that's something that was a door that had completely closed uh when I graduated from college and I don't know if I've talked about this but I have shared this story but like that completely closed I was supposed to do music marketing and that was the time when uh streaming music started and all the record labels were closing and record stores were closing and things like that so that door abruptly (laughs) closed that was the early 2000s so you know, it's it's something like that where at the time it was very it was a very grieving being and it was very difficult. But now I'm like, oof, I really dodged a bullet because that would have been a very difficult life. And my life would look mm-hmm. very different than it does now. Have you had do you know what I'm talking about when I say those oh, types yeah. of things or Yes. Yes. I have a different answer this time around. Okay. Um haven't talked about it i think at all and i'll be careful how i structure this but um you talk about like hearing god or kind of just even sensing in your gut and your spirit and your heart hey like this thing needs to end whether it's a relationship a job a friendship an opportunity what have you And so for four years, I was involved on the worship team at the church I was attending when I lived in Cleveland and, yeah, dedicated a lot of hours and lost sleep sometimes and uh, blood, sweat and tears. And for a while, it was fulfilling. It was a super huge challenge because I came into it as a keyboardist and that was a whole whirlwind of emotions and learning and just being aware of the envy that I have not just as an Enneagram four but just who my makeup um is and knowing that like wow everyone kind of brings something different to the table like why am I even here (laughs) kind of thing and it was really um really getting used to how it's very completely different from theater kind of you know y'all sing similar in the sense of like there are solos and there are duets and there are group numbers kind of like in theater but the objective might be different and the expression is obviously different 
because in theater we're singing to entertain people and to tell a story and in um, church life we are singing and leading a congregation of people to worship God so a little bit different of a uh, intentionality but it was the pandemic that really uh, shook everything and kind of made it all fall and collapse on itself like a, a house of cards and because of COVID and keeping people safe and direction for things I'll still never understand, we weren't we weren't used as much. Those we had a giant team, and and over the right. pandemic, it kind of dwindled just yeah. because of um, mm-hmm. a number of reasons. And so it was really hard to be like, "Hey, I I left theater because that was a clearly God closed that door, and that was not opening back up anytime soon." And so I wanted to do something that was musically inclined, that was still performing slash not performing, but just kind of a creative outlet. And so being away and having that distance from that, I'll just say, you know, quote unquote relationship with like, you know, worship ministry really opened my eyes to how things were being run, how certain people, in my opinion, were taking advantage of the situation or even how from my perspective, leadership was not what it could be, should be, or was. And so when I was asked, hey, if I wanted to come back when things were opening up um, March of last year, I said no. And I don't remember like hearing a voice from like God or anything saying like, you should definitely like leave this. It was more or less just an overwhelming sure. gut sensation of you cannot continue yeah. and expect things to change because they won't. And knowing that if I said anything, they wouldn't change because I kind of knew my position, sadly enough. And it's it's weird. It's like church should be a place where you should be able to go and express yourself and raise concerns and um, joys and sorrows and all of that. But it was clearly an environment where I did not feel that I could express concerns um, and be heard properly. And it was all coming from a place of, I want this group to succeed. I want, I mean, the work we're doing is important and I just want that to be celebrated in the different facets of all the people on the team. Just like you have a group that's putting on a show, they all bring something different, whether it's a sports team, you name it, you know, so it's just that was really hard to let go but I knew that it was the right decision and I still have a lot of baggage and a lot of unresolved issues that I will have to live the rest of my life with knowing that there's no closure for things so it's like that's kind of hard you know when you kind of leave an opportunity you're like you want to know that that bow has been tied and I don't know if you've experienced that but the dichotomy of like you can't it ended, but it can't fully end, at least, like, consciously. Yeah. So did you grieve that or did it or did you willingly? It sounds like you went with your gut. So you were ready to go. But did yeah. you grieve that? It kind of sounds like you're grieving it still. But I think so. Sort of a wistful, like a wistful, uh, yeah. What if kind of situation, maybe? Uh, yeah, I know for the, I know for no right theater, there to it. Oh yeah, for theater, there definitely was a grieving point, kind of just like pouring out my guts one evening, just sobbing on the floor, and that was a very physical reaction. And for 
leaving church and leaving worship team and people behind there, I haven't physically grieved as far as like tears or whatever. There are still a lot of, I guess there's a lot of unresolved that I haven't had a quote unquote come to Jesus moment to kind of sit down and grieve. Um, And that's the thing too. I think when something is immediate, like a death or a loss of a job immediately or something like that, you're kind of stunted sometimes where you either grieve in the moment or certain things take time. And I don't want to say that my experience leaving church was the equal emotional playing field of a loss of someone. I don't want to come from that point, but some things I've grieved immediately and I feel like this thing I'm going to still kind of continuously grieve until I arrive at a point where I can let it go. I'm not holding on to it. I don't think about it daily or weekly or anything like that, but just kind of knowing, hey, I'm in a place where I didn't think I would be, you know, there's, it's still going to, to be there until it's not. Um, And just living in the, like we talked about, yes, last week, living in the yes and like, yes, it's over and I'm still feeling this way but I can continue on and it doesn't affect my day-to-day life or relationships or that. I don't know if I've ever grieved anything. I don't, uh, when I think of closed doors, I also think of closed relationships, like in that I've willingly let go, you know, friendships, uh, people I had dated, uh, relationships, business relationships, whatever, and just, you know you know when it comes to an end and it comes to a pass and you're like I am releasing that (laughs) energy into the ether because I don't want to have any part of it anymore and I'm thinking of someone in particular that I just no longer speak to and it wasn't this grandiose gesture of we're not going to be friends anymore. It was it was very much, it felt very much like a door closing on our lives. Mm. And it was a, a very good friend of mine. And she moved on, just moved, completely moved on with her life. And I think I've grieved that because I felt sorry for the situation. And I wish it would have been handled better. It pretty much dissolved. There was no, like Mm. I said, no grandiose moment. It just dissolved. And we've both moved on with our lives. And I can look back on that um, in the times that we had been friends and had, excuse me, wonderful moments together and see that she had a lot of sadness and was projecting Mm. Um, a lot of things kind of pushing me out of her life and things like that. So it's when you when you look at some of these situations, it, it it's hard to see it in the moment, right? It's hard to see that this is a good thing for you. And not every door closing is going to be great, but we can't all see all of the interconnectedness of it all uh, until we look back at the end of our lives and we say, wow, okay, so because that closed, then this opened, then that closed, then this opened. And because of these interconnected things, um, this is where I am today. Very much like that Micah Tyler thing that we were talking about last week where he said if if he would have never have done that concert he would have never have 
gotten the eye of Phil Wickham's manager. He never would have gotten the record. I mean, he probably would have gotten a record label eventually, but he would have never have been connected in that way. It never would, you know, people probably wouldn't have seen him in that light as a present or a, a, a performer, you know, that can perform under pressure. I mean, there's just so many different things. So I think, I guess what I was mostly thinking about for this topic was those things. It's like, where do we go with the grief of that Mm. closed door? And when do we, when is a, you know, is there a calculated time of release? And is there a calculated Mm. time for, you know, like you said, you know, it's going to take me a while to let go of some of this baggage. Is it okay to carry that for the rest of your life and have a little uh, piece of you that's a little hesitant about getting involved in mm. something again? Um, because yeah. that's an, that's a that's a powerful thing to have experienced, and now you're like, okay, well, I'm smarter now because I went through yeah. that, and I'm a little, and now I know what to ask, or now I know what to get involved in, or not get involved yeah. in things like that. Yeah. I think when I was doing um, personal Enneagram coaching for myself, I found a coach um, in January, just kind of started my year off, you know, launching my business and um, just having some personal work done for me. That topic came up a little bit when it came to envy, when it came to feeling that I'm not enough in certain areas. And like theater was one of them and church was one of them as well. And so really seeing a lot of, patterns and I think now it's going to be probably the healing process will need to be coupled with therapy at some point or just like some some light counseling as far as like we don't need to I mean I dive deep into counseling no matter what so that's not the issue it's kind of like how how much of my life do I give to it um to grieve and I think when I was having my Enneagram coaching it was really like well what is my what place am I acting out of in the terms of the the hurt that I was feeling, still feeling, whatever? Um, not that is it not justified because every feeling we feel is justified, but it's kind of like, was it coming from a healthy place or an unhealthy place? So I think a lot of the... Am I overreacting? Right, I, yeah. Is this... Yeah, this and I think feelings? some of the... Definitely. And I think some of the, the trauma was that I had a lot of un, unresolved, like psychological things from so, theater that kind of leaked into worship. Say. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Do you think yeah. that your baggage that you had in theater was carrying over into the worship or into the that that realm and more than I knew in that way okay because that, that's, that's what I say. that's what it sounds like because you're expecting and it was like, that that was going to fix you. And mm-hmm. it actually made it worse. Yeah, definitely. It was like I left the secular world for the spiritual world. And yet it was the same thing, just a different name. And I'm like, what am I missing? It's like, and that's honestly, like, that was not what I was wanting to do. And it's like, oh, that's not you know all. So funny is I've thought about that, too. I'm like, oh, you know what would solve all my problems and like would be if I could just sing for a church. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not going to solve your problems. It's still because here's the thing. Huge time commitment. It's a huge it's it's rehearsals. It's it's a huge time commitment. It's multiple weekend. Like it's every weekend. It's every you know, it's multiple times a week. You know, it's not like you can just 
walk away from that. So, Right. And even the connecting line through both, you know, theater and church is that it's it's made up of people and people who are not perfect. So I think we have this overarching haze to us when we think of like church we think of people like oh they got it all together like they're doing everything right like whatever whatever clearly not the case there's you know still what I mean? nepotism so there's still, still nepotism still f- yes there's still like you know yes. unfairness uh not just yes sing- not just with singing or anything like that but with you know parts of the church if you were going to be in any yeah. sort of management yeah within a church yeah i feel you, <laughs> I feel you yeah that. and that's that's not to say that you know churches aren't doing good in the world um i like to still believe they are even though sometimes we hear wind if they're not and i don't think that's how it ever ever should have been sure it's just you were expecting it to solve all your problems um for and what that you and i think that was and- one of the f- yes yeah, sorry and i think yeah that was one of the faults of like thinking this was the answer when i should never and this is just a kind of, I think, a lifelong lesson for me of learning that people will never solve the issue. Because equal equal playing field, um, we're all humans. We're all trying to figure it out. We got our good days and our bad. We hurt people when we are trying to and we hurt people when we're completely unaware. And I think it's all about intentionality when it really comes down to what's the difference between like theater and church, like I hope intentionality and where your mind and your heart is at um, are on good things and helpful and right things. Um, Expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Your expectations were really high. It sounds like so. And I didn't know it until I left or that year I had of pandemic and like things getting figured out because it was a whole thing for all churches for everything like how the heck do we do this safely and correctly in a in a way that doesn't harm anybody further you know um so there was a lot of just like unknown as far as like how to lead a team whether it was business church what have you so i, I mean i totally get it that there was a lot of unknowns but even just like how we were treated and and lack of help and support sometimes was like that's that's not what it should be you know and sometimes it is and sometimes there are no good answers for why it happened just it it just happened and so learning to move on from that is sometimes easier not easier said than done but harder said than done because it would just be so easy to be like everyone's terrible they're all messed up and you know what we're all trying I think you've kept you've said that in a couple episodes it's like we're all just trying here and some to do our best and some to be better than the best. And it's like, it's not a competition guys. It's life. Like <laughs> life is hard. Let's not overcomplicate it any more than it has to be. Um, yeah. It's so just, I think it when is it comes, what it is. we it do it really tend is. to over, over compliment over it really is complicate things. But what I was going to ask yeah. you is listening to you say those things when what do you suggest for when for me or whoever's listening when a door closes instead of extending that grief period of actually saying a yes and like okay so this closed and what does that mean now how can we get into what do you think we can do to get in a better 
mind space or mindset to not spiral down into despair Mm. like we were at the beginning of the pandemic because i'm sure a lot of doors have closed for so many people during these last two three years so last two years especially yeah how can we have a more Mm. open like you've said in the past like a more open palm like open hand uh receiving of it i feel like i've come to that uh lately as i've gotten older i've become more of an open hand like okay so that wasn't meant to be let's move on to the next thing so i don't i would say for myself it would be prayer in a way but i mean you can't just tell someone to get over it that's not what i'm trying to say but like do you have any ideas on that Mm. or i guess maybe for yourself like how would you how could you help yourself be more like a move on attitude versus yes Definitely. Sitting in the grief. Yeah. So I think the broad answer is that it's going to look different for everybody. Of course. And for me, knowing that I have the tool of the Enneagram, it's going to make the transition from grief to moving on that much easier. Because knowing my type, knowing my tendencies, knowing my weaknesses, knowing my strengths... And kind of how everything works together, even that little bit that I did in January was so helpful to know when I was really healthy at my best, like the best version of myself and when I wasn't. And kind of seeing the patterns of when I wasn't and what was happening in my life and when I was healthy and what was happening in my life. So I think a good healthy dose of self-awareness goes a very long way and some people are more self-aware than others Mm -hmm. Um, and I I hope that that's something that we all strive for because there's much that we cannot control about life but what we can is how we how we know ourselves and how we fit into the big picture of the world so yeah self-awareness react to it prayer yes yes so I think for me like really sitting down in the grief of emotions to really start to feel them. And I need to journal, which I, I, I keep more things in my head than I do um, like in a journal. And I need, <laughs> it's healthier for me if I get it out of my brain. So I me need too. to start doing that. Oh gosh. It's even if you just like bullet points, like you don't have to write lengthy paragraphs. Um, and that's helpful for me to know that I can come into like writing. Hey, if I got only, words for like four minutes and then I move on with my day that's all I needed to do and um yeah just kind of know that things happen whether it's for a really good reason not a good reason or no reason at all life happens and the quote life is 90 percent 10 percent of what happens to you and 90 percent how you react did I say that right or did I mess those up life is 90 percent I can't remember. <laughs> it was a really good question. Like, too. It's 63% uh, <laughs> no opinion. Yeah. Right. 72%. <laughs> right. Right. So I'll paraphrase it. Most of our life is reacting to what's happened to us. And in order for me to be a good human to myself, to Mike, to my family, to my friends and everyone else that I meet you got to really have a good outlook on life, a real positive outlook. The glass is not always going to be half full, 
but you have to realize that um, better is ahead and really hold on to that. So just like kind of never lose hope with whatever that loss is and just know that, yeah, it's going to suck for however long it needs to. And then life moves on. And so should you. I think I'm quoting you from an earlier episode. So I don't know if I have anything brand new to add, but kind of reiterating what we do. Like, yeah. And it also, like, there was one of the reasons that this had come up was in Annie F. Downs has a um, 100 Days of Brave that she's doing right now on her social media, on her Instagram. She wrote a devotional called 100, Day- 100 Days to Brave. And it's it's really, really lovely. And it one of the days she had said she was talking about open doors, and that's why this had come up to me because I had read that and it was talking about open doors. And then I think Bob Goffs was talking about open doors at the same time that I was reading a Donald Miller book and he was talking about open doors. And I'm like, you guys, I get it. Okay. And it's a theme. Yeah. And she had said something about like, it doesn't always have to be super spiritual. It was just an open door. You know, so yeah. we don't also have to overanalyze things and over drum drum. I can't talk over dramatize dramatize things. I think to, and overanalyze, <laughs> but that's sort of part of my personality is that I overanalyze everything. But uh, I just thought that was funny. It's like it doesn't always have to be super spiritual. It's an open door, or it's a closed yeah. door, or it's this or that. For sure. But yeah, so uh, hopefully, out of that nonsense that we just shared with you that it you picked up something (laughs) that you picked up something or it resonated with you because I think we've all had these major things happen in our lives where these these huge doors are are closing in our lives and we don't know whether to grieve or to accept it and let go and move on yeah and know that uh obviously like Michaela was saying that we all process things differently we all see things differently that's not we're not trying to guide you into a like you need to do this obviously but there's I guess what I'm saying is that there's space to grieve and that's okay and we've said that in other episodes too like it's okay to sit in your feelings it's okay to let that kind of wash over you and and like pick yourself up but I I think you are also allowed to not know the answers you're allowed to not know Mm -hmm. what the heck happened and I think that's where (laughs) the processing your emotions and like journaling and talking to people and talking out loud and being like this really sucked this situation that I went through makes apps and I think I've said that to you and different things it's like this made absolutely no sense why this happened to me and you you may not have the answer and there may not be this grandiose gesture that you're going to understand but later on in life hopefully it will make sense and like we said the interconnectedness of it will make a little bit more sense but we'll find out that's it that's it beautifully said (laughs) so thank you we've had um some great episodes we were goofing around and being silly gooses and these this one was just a little bit more serious we just wanted to like bring it back to the old school um don't worry you're enough where we were super yeah. serious and that yeah. is funny <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's okay too but sometimes it's i mean just having having something like this things. i think is good yes and don't worry march will be full of the antics that you know and love from us but we're always we'll always keep it real too and i think that's the joy Absolutely. of podcasting love it all right well then we'll friends. see you next week okay bye, bye. 
Hey friends, thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a moment of anything fun. Be sure to follow us on social media at Don't Worry You're Enough. You can send us a message at any time. We'd love to hear from you. And we will see you next week.